What is a summertime patriot? Y'all heard me use this term many times. A summertime patriot is someone who is willing to stand up for what's right and willing to take pride in their nation and stand for the rights and liberties and freedoms that we were granted just because we were born here. When it's easy. When it's popular. When it's fun. When it's cool. There are people that talk a good talk, but they do not walk a walk. When shit gets hard, they run. When it's time to make that hard call and say that hard thing. Well, it's don't rock a boat, don't cause drama. Well, surely it can't be that bad. Well, come on. They'll be better than that, won't they? And they sit there and they do nothing. And we've all been guilty of it for far too long. It's how we got to this particular part. Wake up! These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this time of crisis shrink from the service of his country. But he that stands by deserves the love and thanks of men and women. Tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What obtained too cheap we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. We seek fellow winter soldiers because unlike the sunshine patriots, we stand by our country. Through thick and thin, doing whatever it takes to serve it, including exposing the crimes of those in government, in order to steer it back to the right track. Let it be told that in the depth of winter, when nothing but hope and virtue could survive, that the city and the country, alarmed at one common danger, came forth to meet and to repulse it. The term winter soldier is contrast of the summer patriot, who deserted at Valley Ford because things got hard. We were drawing the blood red line, have to be the winter soldiers now. We could be quiet. We could comply and live peaceful lives, but we feel because of what threatens this country, the medical tyranny, the silencing of dissenting voices, not from foreign nations, but our own government, it is why we must speak and stand. Remember the final line of the declaration that we mutually pledged each other, our lives, our fortunes, and our secret honor. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It must be fought for, protected, for if trouble must come, let it come in our time, so that our children can live. Hello, hello, welcome to another episode of Winter's Call Podcast. I'm Odin. This is Tia. And today we're going to talk about mental health and social media. Mostly mental health. And, And before you decide you want to become a petty bitch... There's a reason, there's a story, and we, I, I shared it with you. Do you remember, do you remember the guy who, when, uh, when the, the numbnuts beat the old man in the, yes, all right, now that, funnily enough, that's not the only person he beat either. Correct. I remember it because it was one of the one of the first videos that uh, that was one of the first controversial videos I think I did was about him, and I made a I made a call back then that he would never see jail. He would never see charges for it. Right, and. You are correct, sir. They have decided that due to his mental instability, that they are not going to sit here and allow him to be charged. He has mental illnesses. That that's that's their reasoning, not mine. Just <laughs> just figure I'd throw that out there. Mm-hmm. I can't be held responsible. I'm mentally ill. Well, he has people who sit here and have come to his aid saying that, oh, no, it can't possibly be him. 
or he should have never been in those facilities to begin with. So I have a whole list of articles that I want to go through that specifically mm. talk about this topic. But I need to, I want to get the actual, uh, here you we know, go. I understand, I understand that he's what, he's um, uh, diagnosed with schizophrenia. Well, uh, there's a lot to it. So I, while I get the article pulled up, I want to sit here, and I know that we are in audio only, but you can hear the way he acts through the video. So I'm going to play the video so that you can hear it while I pull up the article specifically that deals with what happened. Here we go. Now remember, every time you hear that, that is a that is a 26-year-old man punching a 75-year-old man in the head. Not in the body, in the head and face. Hey, you want to know one of my biggest things? <clears throat> Besides the fact that I wish I could just, I, I wish I could get in a room with him for 30 seconds. That's all I need. He actually takes the time, and it's even put in the, in the article, he takes the time to set up a camera to record himself beating the shit out of this old helpless man. And here's my statement. That right there should negate any mental health bullshit that they want to give because he thought it through enough. He is mentally competent enough to record it and post it on social media. Yeah, you can't tell me that he doesn't know right and wrong. And that's the argument that they give in the article. But let's finish. Listen to what he says. This bitch ass nigga, you know, you get off my bitch. This bitch ass nigga. Fuck off my bitch, nigga. Fuck off my bitch. Fuck off my bitch. And that's a veteran, by the way, for all of y'all that. Get your ass naked. Fuck off my bed, Nick. Fuck wrong with you. He knew what he was doing. All right, so let's go to the actual article itself. 75-year-old army vet in nursing home. The man who beat him won't face charges. He's 22 years old. He recorded himself right, for more than a minute. Will not face criminal charges in connection with the brutal attack. Jason Hayden was arrested on multiple counts of assault after video footage showed him brutally beating Norman Bledsoe at the Westwood Nursing Center in May of 2020. The suspect set up a camera and recorded the horrific beatdown, and the footage caused outrages spread like wildfire across social media platforms. Bledsoe was sitting slumped over the bed at the beginning of the video. Hayden immediately began hitting him repeatedly with both fists, pinching him relentlessly until Bledsoe started bleeding from his eye. I'm not going to repeat what he said because you heard it. The suspect paused momentarily to wipe the elderly man's blood off with a white sheet. According to investigators, the attacker also posted footage that showed him beating a female patient who was confined to her bed. Confined to her bed. Detroit police launched an invest of course Detroit launched an investigation immediately after they were made aware of the video and determined that the attack occurred at Westwood Nursing Center on the 15th of May 2020. The nursing home was unaware of the assaults until they saw the video. The police chief, James Craig, said during a press conference at the time, we're still investigating that aspect of the case, but we do have a suspect in custody. Marty Hayden, the father of Jaden, Jaden Hayden, <laughs> said his son is autistic, suffers from schizophrenia. I don't give a fuck. Well, hold on, I'm just reading the article. Suffers from schizophrenia and that he has a history of assaultive behavior. He is residing in a group home and... Washtenaw County prior to contradicting COVID-19 in 2020. He was in crisis mode, he explained, noting that his son told him he was hearing voices that he believed people were trying to kill him. 
After being diagnosed with COVID-19 at the University of Michigan Hospital in Ann Arbor in early of May 2020, Jason Jaden Hayden was admitted into the Westwood Nursing Home to recover. Bledsoe, a U.S. Army veteran, was Jason Hayden's roommate at the nursing home. They dropped the ball, Marty Hayden told uh, the news station. Why would they put my child in a nursing home around, all around elderly people? Jaden Hayden attorney Brian Berry said nursing home officials should have known about the risk his client posed. I think the facility has an idea of who Jaden was and what type of treatment he needed. I think they knew or had a history that he was schizophrenic and should have been handled differently. Again, because he's using mental illness, they are giving him a total pass for shitty behavior. Bledsoe passed away. Uh, now, the veteran passed away at another nursing facility approximately two months after the attack. His death was not ruled as a homicide, but details regarding his cause of death were not released. I think they need to release that shit. Bledsoe's family has filed a lawsuit against the Westwood Nursing Center. And they fucking should. And the Fuck governor yeah. and the fucking family. Jaden Hayden was charged with two counts of assault with intent to do great bodily harm, but those charges were dismissed after he was found incompetent to stand trial. He is now residing in a secured psychiatric hospital in the area of Kalamazoo. Marty Hayden said his son shouldn't be in prison because he cannot understand the consequences of his actions due to his mental health conditions. Barry said the charges against his client could be refiled, that, but that he doesn't think that will happen. Jaden's condition is not going to change very much, the attorney said. Marty Hayden said he believes his son was set up to fail and that Bledsoe was set up to be a victim. He extended his condolences to the Bledsoe family and said he hopes that those responsible for placing his son in the nursing home would be held accountable for the consequences of his actions. Responsibility? You are the father. You are yeah. fucking responsible. I understand that everybody in May of 2020 was fucking paranoid as shit of COVID-19. But you don't get to shirk responsibility for the shit that happened. You don't get to shirk responsibility for not checking in on your son. You don't get to... Sh he, that jackass who did the punching, doesn't get the... Uh, doesn't have the excuse to sit here and use his mental health as an excuse to be a, a shitty human being. You know... I know that I'm going to catch flack for this, and frankly, I don't give a fuck, because let's be honest, I really have never given a fuck, but now I get to go all savage mode and shit. So here, here's how this is going to work. Ready? There is a reason that mental facilities and mental hospitals existed for a reason, because you take the people who don't know the difference of right and wrong, and you throw them in a fucking cage. If they want to act like animals... You lock them up like fucking animals. Period. End of story. Now we live in a society. Oh, mental hospitals are so bad. We shouldn't lock anybody up. Yeah. So what happens? You close them and the people who are displaced and have nowhere else to go get sent to nursing homes so they can beat up old men and women. Or they go to Walmart and they walk aimlessly around for hours and hours until their families can figure out that they need to hold some fucking responsibility and go pick their asses up when they're off of work. There is a reason that they were necessary. You may want to sit here and change it around, but if you have a mental disease where you can't tell the difference between right and wrong, stay the fuck out of society. I'm sorry if I hurt feelings, no, but you don't let serial killers, you're right, I'm not. You don't <laughs> let serial killers walk around because, yo, you don't let, yo, why is it okay for somebody well, hold who on. Let me stop you right there. We don't just allow serial killers to walk around. We elected them and put them in charge. Or they just happen to be uh, Planned Parenthood doctors. So uh, anyhow. Um, <laughs> sorry. Too far? <coughs> uh, am I killing you? I, was, I took a... <coughs> I was taking a bite of a meat stick. <laughs> Just giggity. as you said that. Giggity. Giggity. Oh, man. Talk about the irony. 
<clears throat> so we we sit here and we require people who have other mental diseases to to walk around with the you know freedom of you know uh but we monitor them pedophiles right or sorry the politically correct terms maps right we sit here and and we let them walk around in society, but we know where they are. We monitor them. We keep control of them. We tell them where they can and cannot go. Right? Right. But we have other people with psychiatric diseases. And we don't watch them at all. Why the disconnect? A mental disease is a mental disease. Isn't that what they keep telling us? Now, hold on, hold on. If we say that, then we're going to have to reclassify a transgender, uh, you know, gender dysphoria as a mental disease again. We can't have that. Yes, that's we not can. inclusive. I don't give a fuck. It pisses me off because it's not just stuff like this. Like this is not only what should he have never been in a nursing home with with elderly patients, especially residents who cannot protect themselves, right? Correct. Not only, but we're going to give him a pass because of three things. We're going to give him a pass because everybody's terrified of fucking COVID. We're going to give him a pass because he's black. And we're going to give him a pass because he's apparently mentally disabled, yet he's mentally cognizant enough to record himself, set it up, put it on social media, brag about it, carry on conversations like he knew what he was and fucking do it doing. a second time. Those, those are only two. They they thought he's done it a couple times uh, that he hasn't recorded. Well, the article only mentions the two, but look, and now in addition to look, that's regardless, a regardless of his mental disease, the fact that he had the presence of mind to record it leads me to talk about what I really want to talk about today. Ooh. And if I hurt feelings, I don't care. I just found out that I may lose my house. Because I don't fulfill a certain requirement to get my home insured because of my stance on certain topics. So wait, I don't give a fuck anymore. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, which stance? Wait, which topic? I have, I have the letter coming in the mail. So I'll let you know as soon as I... As soon as I know, uh, the email I got was very non-specific. Let's put it that way. <sighs> so, right, so we're going to talk so basically, about uh, basically, unlike most of the people on TikTok at misconstrued what I said, you're basically saying that mental health is not an excuse for shitty behavior. You can't hide behind it like a shield, and you can't use it like a weapon against others. And it is praised. It is praised. On social media. As a matter of fact, I believe that social media causes 80% of the mental illness that you're seeing in society now. I believe it's what's known as mass sociogenic illness. Or you may know it as mass hysteria, epidemic hysteria, or mass psychogenic illness. I have articles to prove it. So, okay, let, let's start at the beginning. Uh, have you ever heard of the TikTok ticks? You mean where people have Tourette's and they end up actually catching, Tourette, uh, catching certain ticks from other people because they see it? Yes. Cool. So, I, those make my day, but anyway, carry on. All right, so uh, TikTok ticks. Uh, this is from Harvard. Just you know, so you know where I'm getting it from, right? right? It's from Harvard Health. Ticks and TikTok can social media trigger illnesses. A stu a student suddenly developing pain and paralysis. Soon, hundreds of schoolmates have similar symptoms. Nuns begin biting each other, and soon the same thing is happening at other nearby co uh, convents. Three school three schoolgirls begin laughing uncontrollably, sometimes going on for days. When nearly a hundred classmates develop the same problem, 
the school is forced to close down. Yet in each case, no medical explanation is ever found. Eventually, they came to be considered examples of mass sociogenic illness. <gasps> Over the years, many possible sources for these illnesses have emerged, and today TikTok and other social media sites may, provide, may be providing fertile ground. The hallmark of these conditions is that multiple people within a social group develop similar, medically inexplicable, and often bizarre symptoms. In some cases, those affected believe they've been exposed to something dangerous, such as a toxin or contagion, although through investigation find none. The suffering caused by these illnesses is quite real and profound, which makes them dangerous, even in the absence of a clear cause and presence of normal test results. And no, a person with sociogenic illness is not just looking for attention or doing it on purpose. Labeling people as hypochondriacs or crazy or illnesses as hysteria isn't helpful, right? Uh, and while some researchers suggest these illnesses more commonly affect women, most of the published literature on these conditions in the decades that are decades old are based on a very limited number of cases. But let me give you some examples and uh, uh, some symptoms and tell me if you see this on TikTok itself, Ready? Past outbreaks include illnesses in which people suddenly fainted, developed nausea, headache, shortness of breath, or had convulsive movements, involuntary vocalizations, paralysis, a tick-tock tick. Usually these outbreaks occur among people in close proximity. However, social media is a new source. <clears throat> Certain features are typical, experiencing symptoms that have no clear medical explanation despite extensive investigation. Symptoms that are temporary, benign, and unusual for those affected. Rapid onset of symptoms and rapid recovery. Those affected are connected by membership and interaction within a social group or a physical proximity. The first known examples of social media-induced sociogenic illness were recognized in the last year or two, a time coinciding with the pandemic. Neurologists began seeing an increased number of patients, especially teenage girls, with unusual involuntary movements and vocalizations uh, reminiscent of Tourette syndrome. After ruling out other explanations, the tics in these teenagers seemed related to many hours spent watching TikTok videos of people who report having Tourette syndrome and other movement disorders posted by social media influencers. These videos have billions of page views on TikTok. Similar videos are available on YouTube and other sites. Sociogenic illnesses are nothing new, however. If you've lived in the middle if you had lived in the Middle Ages, you might recall the dancing plague, right? Across Europe, scores of effective individuals suddenly began, you know, involuntary and deliriously dancing until exhaustion. Then you had the writing tremor epidemic of 1892, the mad gasser of Mattoon during the 1940s, and the June bug epidemic of 1962. The anxieties and, concern, and concerns of the times today play a role. Before the 1900s, spiritual or religious overtones were common when concerns were raised about tainted foods and environmental toxin in the early 1900s. Unusual orders or food uh, sparked a rash of palpitations, hyperventilation, dizziness, or other anxiety symptoms. More recently, some residents of the West Bank who thought Nearby bombings released chemical, weapon, chemical weapons reported dizziness and fainting, although no evidence was ever found. Close to home, yes. reports are swirling that, of the Havana symptom. That's the, uh, uh, the, the people that, you know, they, they were using sound weapon, right? They were uh, individuals, uh, diplomats from the U.S. Uh, State Department. They experienced this suddenly developed headache, fatigue, nausea, anxiety, and memory loss. The symptoms have been reported by hundreds of people in different parts of the world. Many are foreign service workers attached to the U.S. diplomatic missions and arose as a new weaponized energy source. Whether it was or not, they use it. Uh, one theory suggests that sociogenic illness is a form of the nocebo effect. A placebo, like a sugar pill or other inactive treatment, may help people feel better due to an ex uh, expectation of benefit. The nocebo effect describes the potential that people could have negative experience based purely on the expectation that it would occur. That it would occur. Uh, in 
the nocebo effect is used in a this isn't in the article right and the nocebo effect is the expectation of punishment in advanced interrogation techniques right the nocebo effect yeah. was used against uh uh plants you know the the plant growth how they it alters their form right think of it this way you may more you may be more likely to experience a headache from a medication as you've been warned of the possible side effects right if i give you this pill it's going to take care of x however it's going to cause a b c d and e symptoms and your body will manifest a b c d and e because they told you but your ultimate symptoms will get rid of it right <clears throat> okay. Similarly, let's say if you see people fainting, if you believe this is caused by a substance they and you were exposed to, you may faint even though there's no actual exposure to a substance that could cause you to faint. Right? The bottom line, according to the article, is we don't know why some develop sociogenic illness while others don't. Plenty of people have lots of stress. So that's the uh uh Many of millions of people were stuck inside during the pandemic and turned to social media for more hours each day than we'd like to admit. Right? Many people are prone to the power of suggestion, yet sociogenic illness remains relatively rare. Despite existing for hundreds of years, much of this condition remains mysterious because you don't know how to predict it. Right? An open mind is important. In some cases, sociogenic illness may be due to an environmental toxin or contagion that wasn't detected at the time. However, if you spend a lot of time on social media and you start to develop an illness that matches the people that you watch, you want to sit here and and remove yourself from that situation. We or well, I mean we, it's, it's it, not to not to take a jab here, but I mean it is the human condition to want to fit in. You're the one that told me uh Melgrave, is that the name of him? Milgraves, yes, uh, the yeah, conformity Milgrave. experiment. Yeah. yeah, it's well, humans want to to fit in, and when you have a bunch of people, this goes back to a whole other discussion we can have about how we've raised the next generation. But we, you have a whole group of people that are already mentally weaker. They want to belong. You you lock them up in a in a lockdown, keep them from socializing except online, where things are already complicated. The the. <laughs> It's no wonder that mental health has reached an all-time high. Well, then you've and it's got no wonder that these things travel, though, because you, they want to fit in. You have and, one person up. And if you look at the the demographics of which it's attacking, it is attacking the people in the West because the algorithm in China is different than the algorithm in the West. In China and the Asian countries, they push more informative educational content. And in the West, they push the drama, they push the mental illness, they push the, the crazy dances and stuff like that. What I mean, we're getting warnings from people who we totally disagree with on almost anything. You know, these are people who talk about you need medications that, you know, make sure you get vaccinated. You know, I'm totally the opposite of most of the stuff we stand for. And even there, like Psychiatric Times, which I absolutely disagree with, right? Concerning content, TikTok effects on children and adolescent mental health. They have over a billion users and dominates and it's damaging their mental health, right? You have the uh, you have the verge, right? TikTok mm -hmm. ticks are a symptom of a much bigger problem. It TikTok has become and pretending to have a mental illness so much that you manifest it. Like I'm not a big manifestation person, but you know you can you can. It's not hypochondria. It's uh, well, it's it's mass psychosis. Well, yeah, it, but I'm uh, the, they're actually causing it, right? And when you sit here and it, well, you it's mean it's like it's a a social media induced psychosis, right? And or, and it spreads. Everybody wants to be like is it there are psychosomatic or something like that. Yeah, there we go. But. Just because you develop these symptoms, now we get to go to the other side. Just because you sit here and get to explain, you know, you have a, a mental illness, whether it is it is real or you developed it by watching people and it just mentally affected you, right? 
There's uh, also a, a huge chunk of the population that fake it. Fair. So, I brought up an article, and I figured that I would go to Healthline because, again, these are all stories that uh, these are Fine. all sources that I disagree. What? What's the name of that new rocket that Russia came out with that that's faster than anything we have? It's not faster than anything we have anymore. Just thought I would throw that out there. Well, it doesn't matter. We just tied ourselves to whatever fastest rocket there is and aimed it at the ground. <laughs> Fair. So, here from Healthline, mental, mental illness isn't an excuse for problematic behavior. Mental yeah. illness doesn't evaporate the consequences of your actions. Right now, this one is a is a woman who tells a story how she has OCD and she lives with a neighbor or a roommate who also has, uh, uh, who also has OCD, and, and they just build on top of each other, right? And she says it's not that I couldn't understand the experience; I knew firsthand that coping with mental illness is one of the most confusing, destabilizing, uh, destabilizing experience a person can go through. Unmanaged illness such as depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, and other diseases can hijack our reactions, causing us to behave in ways that don't align with our values or true character. Unfortunately, mental illness doesn't evaporate the consequences of our actions. People can and do use coping skills to manage their mental health their, uh, uh, that change problematic structures as they should. Mental illness doesn't excuse your transphobia or racism. Mental illness doesn't make your misogyny or hatred of queer folk okay. It, it, like I said, it was written by a left source. So mental illness doesn't yeah, make your problematic behavior excusable. Let me just say this. Even though we're on the opposite side of that fence when it comes to a lot of that stuff, it's fucking true. Your right. mental illness is not a fucking pass. Your social status is not a fucking pass. So, right. No, you're right. So she goes on. She says her living situation in New York City perfectly illustrates the way in which people can use mental illness to evade accountability. With my roommate, the introduction of her own mental health struggles into the conversation was a deliberate attempt to derail accountability for their behavior. And you can tell that they're moving to that point because it stops being about the point and the consequences. And it says, well, because I have fill in the blank, it takes me harder to or I say things like uh, autistic people are known for being extremely honest. That is black and white. You know what? I won't use autism. I'll use one that I have. BPD, bipolar personality disorder. I see things in black and white, right? Uh, but because I see things in black and white, and I never talk about my mental health because it's my mental health, but I see things in black and white. So I don't get a whole lot of shades of gray unless I really, really focus on it, right? I could, for all intents and purposes, go good, evil, dynamic on everything. Now, I have learned that that's not necessarily the way it works. And I have a lot of people who live in the gray. So it makes it really hard for me to justify certain behaviors. But I, I get over it, right? But they sit here and you have people who will say things and then go, well, because X. Like, I could use BPD to be homophobic because based you will when you figure in religion organized religion in with the the whole black and white and there is no gray period right i could say it and then go well it's because i have borderline personality disorder no it just makes me a dick like tear i'm sure tear suffers from a mental disease in which he doesn't know what tact or subtlety is because he's the type, he's the type of guy that would sit here and knock on a fucking screen door with a sledgehammer to get his point across. I'm just saying, All right? Oh yeah, but you know what? I don't hide behind it. I accept it. I tell people that from the get go. It's like, look, I'm an asshole, and I completely own that shit. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to the story. Instead well, of respond, oh, go ahead. Let, let me use a different one because you use BPD, and then uh, we we talked about autism. I give the autism a little bit more of a of a break, I guess, because I understand. I understand where their thought process is. I get that. What I don't get are the people who are depressed, 
and use depression as their mental illness to cover them abusing other people or to for them just being a shitty human being and their excuses i'm depressed it's it's not that complicated ready here i'll do it for you hurt people hurt people oh if they are depressed they want everybody to be depressed with them if they're if they're anxious they want other people to be anxious Shit, if you ever want to get anxious, let me tell you what we're going to talk about tomorrow. No, 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 <laughs> no. Can I finish? Can I go back to the story? Yes. So in, uh, back to the roommate. Instead of responding to the frustration, humiliation, and fear that I had voiced in response to being yelled at by her, right? A random white woman I had only met once before, she justified her violent behavior with her diagnosis. Her explanation for her behavior was understandable, but not acceptable. You can understand where people come from based off their mental illness and not and and understand it. Empathize with that person, what they're going through and still call it a shitty behavior. But we live in a society that doesn't allow that type of nuance. For example. I'm going to go back to my faith. I am a Christian. And if I say I don't agree with the LGBTQ plus lifestyle, then I am a fucking bigot homophobe. No, I understand your lifestyle, but I don't have to celebrate your lifestyle. And I don't have to even fucking recognize your profile because you ain't fucking me. Well... They're fucking your wallet. They're fucking your politics. Fucking reality. Okay, if I take the T out, that's a true state, or that's not a true statement anymore. It's the T part of that whole community, (laughs) and everything that comes after that. You know, it doesn't. I understand it. Like, I, I, my brain understands why people do this. But then there's the, you know, you talk about mental health. I am not, I don't know, I've never gone officially f- for everything, but I, the last shrink I went to says that I'm, you know, disassociative personality, um, sociopathic, and then there was something else that they added to it. And I'm like, you know, I get it. I understand how easy it is to hide behind a wall that you can build because it's easy to to defend yourself if you get a free pass i mean we talk about it all the time where you know one day i hope to be old enough to say whatever the fuck i want to and i can get away with it because nobody cares because i'm old right well these people are doing it for you know i have gender dysphoria i'm depressed i'm anxious i've got xyz so you can't say anything to me well okay We live in a society right now that sits here and praises and lauds people with honors if they play the victim card. I'll give you a good example. And if we have people that listen to our podcast and may not know, uh, I'm going to insert a trigger warning for those of you who don't know much about my past. I could very easily play a victim card. Fuck but yeah. most people, but most people who go through my type of situation and we'll discuss it, right? They go through my type of situation, never view themselves as victims. They view themselves as survivors. There is a totally different mentality. It is okay to sit on the sidelines and lick your wounds for a while. But eventually, you have to get up. You have to move forward. Small steps, baby steps in the right direction are still fucking progress. And you should embrace that shit. Yes, you're going to get fucked up. Yes, people are going to sit here and they're going to laugh and they're going to mock you and they're going to try to use it against you. But what makes you different than them is your ability to fucking get up and keep moving forward. I was a victim of child trafficking for four years, right? 
where I sit here and I had to deal with all of this evil shit. And I had to do it on my own because at the time they didn't call it that. I mean, they might have, but in the, in the little area that I knew in my life, nobody ever fucking called it that shit. Right. They sit here. And when I got out of it and I had to sit here and it finally hit me and I had to face the consequences of what fucking happened to me, I had two choices. I could sit down and fucking die and be the victim, but I'm too fucking stubborn for that shit. Yeah, so you doing that. <laughs> so I decided to embrace the survivor, but not only the survivor, it was at that moment that made me who I was, that I was going to be the defender for those that could not defend themselves. That I would sit here and I would put myself in harm's way to protect other people. It started with, uh, it started with my sister. It started with, you know, the, the, my friends that were smaller than me that didn't know the emotional damage and how evil the world could fucking be. And I would take those beatings and I would take that abuse willingly knowing that I was protecting someone else. And I continued to move forward. And every step in my life after that was to fulfill that calling that I felt was put on my life to defend other people, right? Joining the military, the work that I did outside of the military, right? Those types of things, everything went to that purpose because I was a survivor and I wasn't going to make any more survivors or any more victims, right? Rescue the victims and teach them to move on. Right. I gave motivational speeches because I sit here and I had to go through, you know, what happens when you're 25 years old and you you're told that you have six to nine months to live or you're 25 years old and you can no longer see. Right. Where where you had vision and then you don't have vision anymore. Right. Those types of things that when I tell those people sit here, when I give the motivational speeches, when I have to talk to people who've gone through some shit, allows me to reach people. So I use what happened in my past, but I don't live in my past. I'm a survivor and I fucking move on. Right? I've got a whole bunch of fucking PTSD, I'm sure, if I wanted to fucking go look at it. in, in my, you know. And for a long time, if I told anybody about my past for days, I was worn out emotionally. I just felt dirty. right? And it took me a long time to get through that shit. But I don't fucking sit here and go on TikTok when pe- or on social media when people sit here and they want to come after me and go, That's not fair. I'm a victim, guys. How dare you talk like that? Like, I don't mention that I'm a veteran, right, on my TikToks. I don't mention that I'm a victim or a survivor, that I have any type of mental illness, and it doesn't make me any stronger, and I'm not avoiding it, right? I know everybody copes differently, right? But I don't use it as a fucking excuse to be a shithead. Let's face it. I'm a dick. I'm an asshole. And it doesn't have anything to do with my past. It's because sometimes people just need to be, you know, fucking have a dick mushroom stamp on their forehead because they're a shitty person. Amen. Preach. So (laughs) that's what I do all the time. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. So let's talk about, I want to talk about seven things that you should never use your mental illness or past trauma as an excuse for. Now, when I say past trauma, I'm not talking about like uh, sexual assault or rape or stuff like that. You know, uh, I am married to a woman who went through that type of scenario. And there are still times when she has nightmares. And if I can ever get her to give me the name of that individual. Road trip. Yeah. So. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even pause. It's like, yeah, road trip, let's go. So, here we go. Seven things that you should never ever, ever, and I am guilty of the first one a lot because of what I've been through. I just, I have to remember that not everybody is built like I am, right? So the first one is never, ever, ever use your mental illness or trauma as an excuse to trump someone else's hardships. Oh, you've got depression? Did I ever tell you the time that I was sold into sex is a horrible, a horrible, you know what I mean? I'm 
you see me going, bruh, I hate to tell you this, Pops. I love you to death, but if I'm ever telling you something and you give me that line, I'm going to punch you straight through this computer screen. No, you should just fucking laugh at me and go, yeah, and it didn't help your personality at all. So... We've gotten to the point where we're actually trying to outshine each other, and and it's and it's not pain Olympics. Yeah, to outshine each other in terms of who has the worst uh, mental illness or personal situation. But you know where this comes from? I would love mm. to sit here and not be able to identify it. Go to a church, and then have people tell their testimony. Fuck. Right. I did drugs <laughs> for 20 fucking years. I was an alcoholic yeah, was for 40 fucking Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? So we're perpetually in competition to prove that we're more damaged than everybody else on the internet or in our lives. You can share your experiences. As a matter of fact, do what I do. Use your experiences to be able to empathize with the person, but you don't have to fucking throw it in every conversation. Just be there. Listen to them with an empathetic ear and sit here and then, you know, offer them advice that works for you, knowing that they're probably not going to take it. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you, right? Share your experiences, but don't try to prove that your upbringing was harder. Your struggle was more intense. You face more adversity. Your mental illness is more pronounced. You know, when they sit here and they decided that, you know, optimism was a spectrum, right? And, well, I fall more on this, right? I love Reaper to death, but Reaper's like, I'm on the spectrum. And and I get that, but it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> It completely negates the fact that talking and writing about mental illness is supposed to encourage, support, and make people feel less alone, right? Number two, it does not give you an excuse to be flat-out rude to other people. <laughs> uh, you don't have an open invitation to behave poorly or be an asshole to everyone else because you're going through a hard time. You have oh, wait, every wait, right. That doesn't apply to me. I'm an asshole even if I'm doing well. So Okay, fair, fair, fair. fair. <laughs> I'm fair. an asshole all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. You have every right to excuse yourself from certain situations. If a situation makes you uncomfortable, you can fucking leave. Right? If mm -hmm. if you're not comfortable doing something, uh you can you can leave or you can voice your opinion if someone is being deliberately offensive. But treating people with unnecessary disdain just because they don't understand what you're going through is going too far. Guilting someone solely because you have a mental illness is not okay. Number three, as an excuse to shut people out of your life entirely with no explanations. It is completely fair to say that having depression, for example, is overwhelming. Certain mental illnesses can make you space out completely and forget you had plans. Understandable. They can also make you want to not be around people because you don't feel up to casual chat or leaving the house. Introverts, raise your hands. Be proud of this. You have a certain social battery and it takes a long fucking time to recharge. I get it. When that happens, the best thing is to tell your friends and loved ones that you're going through something difficult and need some time to yourself without shutting out the people who are actually trying to help you. Didn't you all call me a hermit the other day? You are a fucking hermit. <laughs> you know, Number four. Somebody made a comment, just a, a laugh about this for a second. Somebody made a comment that goes, you know, for somebody who is so just gregarious and absolutely cheerful and, and outgoing online, says, I don't think I've ever seen you outside the house for any kind of social gathering. It's like, fuck that. That's too many people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. because, but I was like, no, no, I can turn them off. There's the difference. Yeah, fair. Four. Blaming your family because you need to blame something or someone. And I'm not talking about just blood relatives. I'm talking about those people that care about you, that give... Look, this world is shitty. And there are very few people that give you love and attention and caring and are be there just to listen to you, bitch. Right? For no other reason than because they fucking care. When you have those people, right? Because everyone's circumstances and family situations are different. It's not for me to say what constitutes a family. But understand, 
right? Even if the family that you're with contributes to your mental illness, and sometimes I just make you. What, what's that sound on Tic Tac? This family makes me want to murder people. Yeah. So if you are treated poorly, you have every right to hold your family accountable. However, if your family is doing everything they can to be there for you and to make sure that you're getting help, it is not fair to pin everything on them. It's not fair to be overly hard on those people who love you and are just trying to support you. I wish more people would understand that. There are people. Can I add something to that? By all means. Anyway, let me take that one step further with a don't blame family. If you're a shitty human being and you're hiding behind your mental health, something else you shouldn't do is blame the people that actually gave a damn about you and push all the blame and make them feel like they're horrible human beings if they don't do what you want. That is what I like to refer to as emotional extortion. I get it, and I'm sure that's somewhere else on my list, but... <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you find if you ever encounter people Right, and it doesn't have to be long-term family. It could be friends. You know, there are three. There are three types of people: the leaves that are here. You know, some that are here for a season, some for a reason, and some for a lifetime. Right. If you find those people that love you and will help, and and will just lit to find out if they're your people, approach them when you're having the worst day of your life and saying, "I just need to bitch." The people that love you will and care for you will be the ones that will listen to it and and go buy a shovel. Probably not the way I wanted to take that, but that's what popped in my head. So, number five. Do not, do not use your mental health as an excuse to get extra attention and sympathy. Ooh. There are unobtrusive ways to bring up the fact that you found something offensive because of the illness you're struggling with. But using your mental illness as a crutch in conversation to get attention or even pity, which is the negative side of that, is going too far. If you're with people that are specifically making themselves available to talk about what's going on with your anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, autism, etc., blah, 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 then of course that's what your conversation will center around. But in the middle of the conversation that is miles away from the subject of you or your mental illness, you shouldn't use that excuse as an attention grab. Number six. Do not use your mental illness to rub your challenges in someone else's face just to make them look bad. Your mental illness is not an excuse to say you have to be nice to me because I'm going through hard times right now. If someone's being rude to you, that's a problem simply because they're being rude. Not because you have a mental illness. You cannot control people around you and what they're saying, but you can try to understand that they're not deliberately trying to victimize you. Also, you cannot use your mental illness to detract from someone else's difficulties. Suffering from a mental illness isn't boastful, it's personal. When someone approaches you to talk through their own struggles with mental illness, it can often be helpful if you share that what you've been through something similar. In fact, you'll be able to provide much more support and better advice because of it. Constantly relating their difficulties back to your own just to prove that you're more damaged, you know, it goes back to point one, or have experienced worse, isn't bringing anything positive or productive to conversation. It's just dissuading that person from confiding in you. They're going to sit here and realize that everything is about you. And if you're there to actually help, if you're not a shitty human being and somebody comes to you with a problem, your first response should not be, but me. Because that's a whole different type of mental illness called narcissism. And we could talk about that later. Why do I feel like that's going to center around me? I could, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I said that the most narcissistic way I could. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> I want to go to the last article because can I'm I add number eight? By all means, number eight. I agree with everything on the list. I agree that it's important, but one thing you should never do is bring up your mental health to avoid accountability and consequences. That was kind of in those other ones, but I get it. Uh, some people are stupid, and I want them to hear it straight from my mouth. 
Look, with all of the drama that you've been involved in on fucking TikTok, maybe hearing it from your mouth is not the most apropos way to get it across. <clears throat> Hello, I am the wake up call. Do I look like I give a fuck about your feelings? <laughs> yeah, that 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 type. Yeah. Some Look, people, you know, some I people get it. I understand. And I love the fact that you can be blunt, abrasive. And, you know, what was it I said earlier? Oh, yeah. Knock on a fucking metal screen door with a sledgehammer type of guy. Right. But sometimes know, when you give off that personality, people instantly shut down. How many friends do we have that will fucking come to me because they're scared of your reaction? <laughs> Don't lie. Don't lie. You accuse me of being a gray man. And I can't deny that fact. However... If people have a problem with you and they're not quite sure how to sit here and word it, they fucking come to me to ask me, well, tear rip my head off if I ask, how the fuck will you? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, how the fuck would I know? And then I think about it for about three seconds and I'm like, yeah, probably. Well, part of it, and this is part of it is because I have dealt with so many people that soft words being polite, being gentle with them does not work. They do not listen. So sometimes it's a... I get it, but like me, I will generally attenuate and make the volume a little bit louder each time to get across it. You go from, okay, I'm at a one. If I try and tell you, you don't pay attention. Eleven, bitch! (laughs) Okay, that's fair. But that escalated quickly, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right so fair you're the surgeon i'm the blunt force instrument fair <laughs> you, you 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 do uh, let's put it in D terms you do piercing damage <laughs> tear just drowns a building on him <laughs> all right so this is an article that i think you're going to find funny and i i i I'm bringing it up and I'm going to use the article because I think that I could trigger people that I haven't triggered yet when talking about mental health. Ooh, nice. Ready? Okay, let's go. Here we go. Is mental health taking the same route that feminism took years ago? Oh, shit. <laughs> it, the subtitle is mental well-being and mental health are soon uh, are soon becoming excuses for problematic behavior. Well, I mean, think about it. Feminism became, we started referring to a lot of these feminists as fem Nazis because it's literally, I hate men. Fair. All right. So let's start off with this article, shall we? Mental health, without a doubt, has finally just gotten the center stage it deserves. It deserved years ago. It is only now that people are beginning to give importance to an individual's mental well-being. I would like to put a caveat in this because I know it's about feminism that they're going to sit here and trash men. Allow me to to introduce this. We're only we have given women the concept of mental well-being for decades. It is only now that men are starting to enter the conversation where people actually want to know what the mental state of the men of the man is in today's time everyone wants to protect their mental health however understanding the concept of mental health accurately is very important to being uh to begin dealing with it effectively it's very similar to the misunderstood concept of feminism not very long ago women became anti-men under the guise of being feminists women would disregard anything a man would say just because he would biologically and socially associate as a man Irrespective of the fact that he was right or wrong, he would be disregarded because he was a man. However, there was a huge misunderstanding. Feminism was never about the woman being superior. It was always and still should be about equality. And I'm not even going to use the second word, equality. It is about questioning not the men, but the superlative stature that was associated with these men. There are, of course, a lot of examples, and I'm not going to give them because I don't, frankly, give a fuck. I think it's all bullshit. However, mental health is now trending close to these misconstrued lines that seem to be an increase in the misuse of the concept of mental health. 
Mental health, as defined by the World Health Organization, is a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own abilities can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. Definition of mental health clearly states that a person realizes his abilities copes with normal stresses of life or work productively. Mental health is not an excuse to just cut off or disregard any criticism that comes your way and attempt to protect your mental health. Or even withdraw from the world and other responsibilities because it harms your mental health. No doubt when addressing a topic of this manner, there's a huge chance of offending people. I don't care. However, in the interest of promoting a better understanding of mental health and an attempt to ensure we do not exploit it, we must learn to draw lines between our regular life and our mental stressors. Mental health is an excuse for problematic behavior. Though protecting your mental health and maintaining optimal mental health is essential, it is often that people use it as an excuse for irrational behavior. Unfortunately, people seldom realize that mental health doesn't evaporate the consequences of our actions. Mental health does not make problematic behaviors excusable. It is essential to understand that while ensuring good mental health can be difficult, our behavior as a result of the belief that you have issues can uh, perpetuate problematic actions. To suggest that we have no self-awareness while activated upholds the false idea that mental illness is synonymous with irrational, erratic, or even violent behavior. That's important. I'll read it again. To suggest we have no self-awareness while activated, while you're going through an episode, upholds the false idea that all types of mental illness is synonymous with irrational, erratic, and even violent behavior. There is a difference between actual issues such as depression, anxiety, and other mental illnesses and what happens in our daily life. However, daily life stressors are a form of eustress that help us in becoming more productive. However, avoiding responsibilities and using mental illness as an excuse is one of the worst forms of self-care. There's a whole lot more in this article, but I'm not going to go through it. Fair enough. But they do ask some, they ask some very interesting questions, like, how can one identify mental health issues? You know, it's surprising to me how many people don't realize there are people who have mental illnesses that you may never realize. You may never be aware of it because they have learned to function. <coughs> yep. So, for those of you who are suffering from mental disease... Those of you who have mental issues that are worried about your mental health, it is okay. I need to go find this TikTok because my son sent me this because he can always tell when maybe I'm getting just a little too far down the line, right? In terms of, what does he call it? Doom scrolling? Not <laughs> me. I don't doom scroll. Never. Are you kidding? That's all I do all day. <laughs> oh, so you don't have to. I know. So I can't say anything because that's all I do all day is I'm going through paying attention. I see something that pisses me off and I go, all right, manners maketh man. Let's go. Or I go and I scroll news articles. I mean, like it's. So I'm going to end this off this episode off with this crazy ass video that my son sent me because he realizes that even when I tell him that I'm taking a day off, unless I shut off my brain, I'm not actually taking a day off. Ready? Okay. Friendly reminder, it's not actually a break. If you're just sitting and worrying about all the shit you're supposed to be doing, you're allowed to stop and take some time for yourself. In fact, it's a very healthy thing that's good for you. This message is for me. I'm, I'm the one that needs to take a break. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> All right. So, for and, those and of you who are... Oh, go ahead. In the words of Forrest Gump, I'm awful tired now. I think I'm going to go on home. <laughs> right. So... For those of you who are listening to this on Thursday when we publish it or early Friday morning, our Friday Night Live YouTube will not be your standard fare. We're going to talk about the apocalypse. 
from different Ooh. traditions and news. And unfortunately, the next installment of the conflicted card game series won't be here until Monday because shipping sucks. So we're going to talk about the end of the world and then we're going to open up to a round table. Speaking what? of shipping, there's an item that's coming tomorrow that might make tomorrow night's podcast a little interesting. Perfect. Let me know if it shows up and I'll wear my tutu on my head. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right. And with that, I'm Odin. This is Tear. And we'll see you on another episode of Winter's Call Podcast. Uh-huh.